back for some more college basketball for Friday, November the 10th. Quite a slight for Friday. There's like 70 some odd games, I uh, believe because of the fact that you start college football kind of being king on Saturday. I think a lot of schools are playing these Friday games. There's uh there's an afternoon game. Uh, we do have an A grade play on the afternoon game. If you're with us over on dub club. So if you want that play, Again, cost under a dollar a day. I'd like to sign up is in the show description. You will get a ton of information, a ton of picks for all sorts of sports right now. Uh, but a great slate for Friday. And we've got six of them that we're going to cover, three of them here uh, on the free show, and another three for our people on Dub Club. Uh, Jake, I know you're excited for this Friday slate of basketball because usually Friday is like 13 games, and usually like 12 of them are kind of terrible. Yeah, this is uh, – uh, we were talking a little bit before the show. I can't remember a year that it started off – like with just the quality of games we're getting right now is insane. Uh, from like your big schools down to like your tiny schools, it's just been a blast. I mean, James Madison alone, that story, beating Michigan State and then yeah. down five with less than four seconds left and comes back and puts in the overtime, wins a double overtime. It's just nuts. I love this year right now. If college basketball is not your favorite sport, don't know what you're doing with your life. I mean, I think the the issue that some might have that I would look at it is I I watched the ending of that James Madison game and it really felt like both teams should lose because they neither one of them like wanted to win. And so, you know, some it it was entertaining. Some would call it good and some would call it bad. And I think that's like it's kind of one of those are you a glass half full glass half empty kind of guys because it was some 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 bad things happening, some bad really questionable turnovers on both teams because both teams gave away a game they should have had locked down uh, in it. And so it's going to double overtime. It's like, well, both of these teams had a chance and should have won. And, and uh, it, it's been a, it's been a wild start. Uh, we still have two of the games happening uh, or some of the games happening right now. But uh, again, it looks like another, another strong day for the A grades. Uh, again, that would make three in a row here. So, Hopefully we can keep that going. We've got two A grades, one in the front half, one in the back half, uh, and of some other B grade picks that we've kind of culled through that are amongst our favorites. Uh, Jake, anything else to mention before we get to it? No, let's just get right into it. All right, we do have a little bit of an earlier tip here. 6 p.m. Eastern, Charleston at Duquesne. A little bit more of a maybe under-the-radar game, not two of your best teams. And then a loaded slate, uh, at least this one starts off earlier, so you can p- kind of pay attention to it. Otherwise, with a loaded slate, this one may miss your radar. But, uh, Jake, I, I, you know, we're early in the season. We don't know a lot about a lot of these teams. We know the players. We know uh, recruiting stuff. And that's where the model shines early on because it continuously does better than the sports books in this regard. Um, but we do get a lot of variability and that's why I just love taking plus odds <laughs> because there's a lot of variability and we've seen it so far in college basketball. And this one, the model actually has Charleston as a 50% uh, likely to win. And so this is one of our favorite scenarios, the wrong team favored game. I think Charleston's a much better team than Duquesne. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I, I agree with the model here. I think Charleston's the better team. I think they've got the better coach as well. Um, both these teams are tested in their first game, which is like going to be unusual for this mm-hmm. part of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like James Madison aside, yeah, <laughs> neither team shot well. I don't know, was it 
nerves, defense, or just an off night. Um, but either way, as bad as they shot in those first two games for both teams, I don't think we're they're ever going to be accused of being great shooting teams. Uh, Charleston's got the better defense. That, that's mm. re- really the difference that comes here. They're very solid. I mean, last year, I think they, they were ranked fairly decent. Like, I think maybe in the teens uh, at certain points. Uh, they're – they started off pretty hot. I remember they were one of the last teams to lose a game, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and they're a very solid team, and Duquesne is good, but not not quite there yet. Um, the free throw line is huge, and is going to be huge in this game because both teams are very kind of physical type ga- type games. Like, and then Charleston went eighty percent to Duquesne's fifty percent their first game. Now, does that mean they do the same thing in this one? No, but. I would say it's much more likely that Charleston shoots 70 than it is Duquesne getting up to 65 to 70. And I think that'll be more than enough to get Charleston the win here. Uh, looking back at last year, they, they lost an early in North Carolina, and they did not lose uh, again until the end of January. Uh, so, I mean, they were – some large number and one. I don't know exactly. 17 and one, something like that. So they started off really well uh, last year. So a pretty good team here. Uh, and again, the plus 105s uh, is just too good to pass up. It's a great pick. Uh, and then on to 7 p.m. Eastern, the game of the night. I've got Arizona. I've got a sideline has. The model has Arizona number six, Duke number nine. These are two very good teams. Uh, there's really no other way to slice it. The, the model thinks that Arizona is the better team on the strength of their offense. That really It really likes Duke's offense and defense and Arizona's defense grades out all three of those in the top 15. The difference being model really likes Arizona's offense and thinks that Arizona's offense will offset the home court advantage. Duke, obviously that's one of the stronger home court advantages in the country. Those offset to make this a complete coin toss game. That's why we've got Arizona at plus plus one seventies and a grade pick. You can obviously take points if you want, but I love playing in the money line for a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, we always like our incentives to be aligned with the team's incentives. So we don't have to worry about, you know, hey, if they're down, late fouls, and then we're about, whatever, we don't have to care. The, the other benefit to the money lines, again, I've talked about this before, right? I understand probability. It's something I've spent a lot of time with in my schooling and in my career. And probability is hard to understand. A lot of people don't understand it. <laughs> so we can oftentimes find better value on the money line because it's really just about math. And so the math here is in our favor at plus 170 in a coin toss game. We will get about half of these over the course of the season. Don't know if we're going to get this one, but if we get half of them at plus 170, we are going to make a lot of money. That's how it played out last year. At the end of the season, rolling with money lines. That's how we're projecting it to happen again this year. So really just a coin toss game should be fantastic. I mean, I don't know what else to say other than like, this should be, you know, get your popcorn and uh, plus 170 odds too good to pass up. What do you got, Jake? Yeah, no, this is incredible. You're right. I think it is a coin toss game uh, between these two teams and take the big plus odds. I mean, you're not going to have too many options to fade Duke this year. They're a very, very good team. Um, This is the situation, especially at home, this is a good situation to do it because I think Arizona with Lloyd and their offense and their run and gun, um, which is going to be a very very good contrast against Duke's more slow it down, like defense and uh, throw it into the the middle kind of offense that Shire's running. Um, But I think Arizona's got two big advantages going in. Uh, One is – with Mitchell being hurt, it's he's a game time decision for Duke. Uh, so that if he doesn't play like last game, he didn't play. We could start with uh, Ryan Young has to eat a bunch of minutes. Dartmouth was abusing him away from the bucket. Um, 
enough to where they just put him in drop coverage and were giving up threes. You can't you can't hide Ryan Young on this Arizona team. Arizona is too talented, too good. Um, so that's going to be dangerous. Uh, even if Mitchell does play, he's not going to be at 100%. So how many of those minutes go to Ryan Young that would normally be him? Um, I think that's a big advantage for Arizona. The second is the amount of big physical bodies that they can throw at Filipowski. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have got, I think, 13 seven-footers on this team. That's unreal. Give uh, or take. Yeah, I mean, it's just nuts. And we saw last year in the tournament, Tennessee was physical with Filipowski. I mean, a little too physical uh, at times. But, I mean, body blow after body blow after body blow takes his legs. And he's – the thing that makes this Duke offense go because uh, he's just an incredibly talented player. So being able to one, either get him into foul trouble by p- playing physical, there's not a replacement for him or just take slowly taking his stamina out uh, with all the body blows and being physical is huge. It's something Arizona has the ability to do here. Um, other than that, these teams are pretty much even, this is going to be the best game of the night. It's probably going to be best game. That's probably going to be better than either game you get in the Champions Classic. It's going to be a while before you see a game better than this. Uh, the, where, where you get nervous here is the improvement in Duke shooting with some of the newcomers, and then you've got two point guards on the floor at all times with Proctor and Roach. And then Cameron Indoors is the best environment for home court in college basketball full stop. So if they get rolling, that place gets rocking and you see some of the best players get rattled there without how that goes. Arizona has another little advantage. Caleb Love has had some big games there. So he he at least can prepare these guys for it. So I think there's just too many good things here for Arizona and Duke is going to lose a very tight game. Hmm. The, I always talk about with college football, it's the benefit of having a player-based model. And then uh, I've automated the process to bring in injuries and adjust, you know, the playing time at the depth charts for college football. The same thing happens in college basketball. Uh, You talked about Mitchell and I just double checked it. And sure enough, uh, he was already brought in as questionable. And that puts him at somewhere between 50 and 60% likely to play according to our historical data on that. And that's already built in. And so of course, if he's full go, that makes his Duke team a little bit better than ninth, right? But that's Again, that's part of it, and that's the benefit of the way I've built the model to handle this stuff is it does this stuff for me because otherwise there are not enough hours in the day to research all these things. So we, we like to automate those processes as much as possible. Um, it should be a fantastic game. I, I don't even, like you said, it's going to be one of the better games for a long time. I don't know who else randomly pops up. But I mean, you, you could be looking back, and this could be one of the top games of the the non-conference slate right here is very possible um and and you mentioned the home court at duke they are in the top tier of home court advantages that sideline gives the only team ahead of them hawaii simply because it's kind of hard to travel out to hawaii that's a weird thing on your body other than hawaii they get the top uh, in the top tier of home court advantage that absolutely helps duke out should be a great game who knows who's gonna win I'm not trying to say so. So you know, there's no like, there's no guarantee, no anything. Who knows what's going to win? We're just saying plus 170. Give me a bunch of games where I don't know what's going to happen. Plus 170, I love it, and we're just going to win about half of them. We're going to profit in the long run. We've got like 20 some odd A grade plays on Friday, and like half of them are kind of of this nature. Just coin tosses. We're going to win half of them at these big plus odds. It's going to profit for us. Don't know if this will be one of them, uh, but that's the way that we advise playing one of the bigger games, uh, the biggest game. 
of the night. Which takes us to 9 p.m. Eastern, Memphis and Missouri. Uh, these two teams already played in football this year, and that was a fun contest. Hopefully this one will be just as fun as that one was. The, the Missouri, we saw it last year, plays with some pace, has a great offense, and has a questionable defense. Their defense rates out about average for college basketball, which for the top-tier teams, for the SEC teams, right? that's not great uh, defensively, and it's the worst unit on the court, but the offense is the best unit on the court. So we're kind of expecting a similar team. Memphis is kind of the poor man's version of that. Good offense, weaker defense, but not quite to the extreme as Missouri. So this should be a fun basketball game here. Uh, coming on, there's another game at the same time that should also be really good. Uh, maybe a little bit more defensive-oriented, a little slower in Tennessee and Wisconsin. We will talk about that game after the break on our extended cut version. For those of you with us on Dub Club, and in that sign-up link in the show description, uh, cost under $1 per day if you want to hear about that and get all the other A-grade picks. But this one will be the uh, one to have on your other screen where you can watch it and be like, is this the same sport? Because I feel, I feel like it'll be quite a difference between those two. It should be a great contest here. But in this one, Missouri model thinks they're the better team. And at home, we're getting to lay a short price here. So, you know, I always talk about I love my plus odds on coin toss games. I love my even money where we think the team should be favored. But I don't mind laying a short price here if we've got a 63% favorite as well. Part of that's, of course, the home court advantage. Uh, should be a, a good atmosphere there in Missouri. But you got the better team at home, only minus 118. Pretty good value, only a B grade. But we think it's worth adding to your card along with all of those A grade picks that we have, Jake. Tell us more. Yeah, I, I think this is a, a great value at minus 118. Did we just forget that Dennis Gates is a very good, borderline great coach? And like, and just not give Missouri enough credit here. I mean, his team is loaded with shooters and guards that will just make your life hell on that, and that with that pace. Um, can't imagine trying to game plan for him because they are very, very good. Um, not the biggest or defensive oriented team or best rebounding, but it's because they're more guard oriented and want that run and gun, uh, which really it's not like Memphis. Like you said, Memphis is the poor man's version of this. Uh, Penny Hardaway has a, has a good team going here. I think it's probably one of his better ones, but uh, some of the transfers he went out and got, and he went out and got some really good guards. It's just, they make questionable decisions mm -hmm. and that's not just on Penny Hardaway. That's like Quinterly is chief among them, right? He, he can absolutely win games for you, as you saw at Alabama, or he can shoot you out of it. He makes either takes dumb shots or makes stupid passes, turnovers, dumb decisions. He's got a few guards that do that. I think that's going to be enough to absolutely give Missouri the advantage because they seem to be, especially at home, a, a very smart team. And I think they're going to take advantage of where Memphis it makes some dumb plays. I think it'll be a good game, absolutely fantastic to watch. Uh, it's going to be a really good follow-up to the Duke Arizona game. If you don't have happen to have Peacock, we're seeing Wisconsin are playing, uh, and it, it won't be as such a drastic drop off in pace either. Uh, but. Uh, Jake, let me ask you if if you have any thoughts on this. I'm putting you on the spot here because we haven't <laughs> haven't researched it, but free throw shooting always key in college basketball and you see some teams you know we, we talked about I don't know if Villanova is going to be at the top this year but we know that Villanova had been at the top in previous years and we always talked about that all their guards all their guys could shoot free throws it seemed like and they were consistent at the top and so you, you kind of knew hey when they got ahead like they were icing that game away and, and that mattered a little bit to on laying points right because you felt a little bit more confident about laying five and a half six and a half with them because you knew if it got into a foul contest that they were going to make those shots or, or, or you thought they would it was, it was a rare occasion when they didn't but you know there's 
teams that are way worse. The, 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 what, what I'm trying to say, I guess, is the uh, discrepancy between the better and the worst teams in college basketball can be a lot, and that can sometimes matter. Memphis historically has been a questionable team with regards to shooting the free throw. Do we have an idea? Are we concerned about that for them this year? Because that could also be something where if you're missing some of those free throws, not at the end of the game, throughout the game, what could be a tie game if you have left enough free throws there, if Missouri's hitting them with all those guards and Memphis is, isn't doing that, could be a six-point game at the end instead of a tie game. Do we Are we concerned about Memphis for that this year, or do we think they're going to be a little but improved on the on the charity stripe. I hope they're improved, um, but I think the difference comes in to the reason you see teams historically like Villanova or or Memphis like are as bad on the opposite of Villanova is player recruiting, right? Like mm-hmm. in, in your in how a coach scouts what they value and what they don't value um, is where you get those. That, so you get these same kind of players who are not great free throw shooters but are great at something else, and then they just kind of. A lot of those gives you a really bad free throw shooting team, and same way with uh, a really good free throw shooting team. Uh, me, if it were me, I would want good free throw shooters because that means you're calm, cool, collected when when you need to be, and shows you got more head. Because talent's easy to see, but that's a good way to see it. Somebody's got a good way of controlling their body, slowing down when they need to slow down. Uh, but so that's why I think. Penny doesn't value that as much as I would. That doesn't make him right or wrong. It's just totally different way yeah. of valuing it, and they get bad free throws, and it's going to cost them in some games. Memphis, two years ago, uh, was, I think, 260th in the country in shooting free throws, which is terrible. Last year, much improved. Last year, they got into the top 100. So now the question is, of course, can they keep that improvement, build off of that? Because they've got the talent to be a better free throw shooting team. Like It's not that you're, you're, you're ratings should match up your free throw shooting exactly, but it should be relatively close. I mean, there are some discrepancies, of course, with are you winning with defense? I get, I get that. But I mean, it's like if you're a top... 20 team that's what memphis hopes to be you know you shouldn't be 80th in free throw shooting right you hope to be better than that because you need to be able to hit those free throws and put games away uh and uh so so better last year can they build off that can they keep that or is it gonna look like two years ago's version which was just insane and again i know they've had a lot of problems with that in the past it's not just a that was just wasn't just a one-year thing and you, you know if you're a memphis fan, i think you have to be concerned was last year just a one-year blip or is that gonna at least hold it because i know as a fan Watching games, you you want those free throws to get hit because if you, if you have it, you feel comfortable. You feel less anxiety at the end of games if you're doing that. And even as improved as Memphis was, though, I should point out Missouri was still 25 spots ahead of them last year. So we still expect Missouri to be the better free throw shooting team in this one. So that, again, gives them a little bit of a boost there. Uh, part of the reason their offense is better because that's where you get points sometimes is free throw shooting. So uh, a big question to watch from Memphis was last year a fluke or uh, are they going to stay at least respectable, and can they build on it? Because if they can build on it, and that offense, if that offense can get going better than the model thinks, they've got a good chance to make some noise, of course, in that conference. And that should obviously be fun. If not, they're going to be potentially a team that has some great wins and maybe some head-scratching losses. That's been the staple of these Penny Hardaway teams is moments of greatness and moments of what is happening out there. And can they get that consistency or not? He, I think I think if you're a Memphis fan, you got to be optimistic. Everything's going the right direction. But things can quickly turn, right? And so a lot of, a lot of concern, a lot of questions, I feel like, if you're from Memphis this year. It's a team I'm really curious to see what happens with. Yeah, I mean, free throws are so much bigger in college basketball, like even high school basketball, than you get in the pros because one-and-ones are, are turnover if you miss the front end. Yeah. So, I mean, because 
that becomes a, a weapon in your opponent's offense there for a minute or two, maybe at the end of the game, where they're just like, all right, we're going to go ahead and take these fouls because a missed free throw is a ball back in our hands. I've long wondered and, and complained about coaches sometimes not utilizing that better. You know, when, when a team's down six points with three minutes to go and they have six fouls, I'm like, you should just foul three times and just see what happens. Because it's like, if not, what's going to happen is you're going to foul a guy shooting and he's going to get two free throws, <laughs> you know, or he's going to get an and one or something. And it's like, why not just put them on the line and see if you can get that turnover, you know, when, when there's like three minutes to go, that sort of thing. Don't, don't do it when there's 10 minutes to go. But, but I wish coaches would use that more especially when you get the time to choose your, the free throw shooter. Yes, and, and exactly. And not be forced to foul the one guy they want with the ball. Exactly. It's like three minutes to go. You have that option. And that's, yeah. I, I wish coaches would utilize that more. Uh, I'm sure someone will, and it'll revolutionize the game. And then in, in 10 years or so, everyone will be doing that. And people will be like, I can't believe they didn't do that. <laughs> How long, why did it take us so long to figure that out? Anyway, uh, that aside, Jake, that would be the three, uh, free picks that we have for people. We are going to take a 60 second break and then we're going to come right back and talk about those three other games that are listed. And you can join us for those. If you're with us on dub club, you get the link for that. And a ton of other goodies, Jake, any parting words before we get to take a sip of water? No, th- this right here is why you want to join dub club because there's 20 plus a plays out there. And then all sorts of B's when you have the lines of the numbers they need to get to because Line movements have been crazy here early on. So a lot of times you – like Baylor was a great example, right? When you talked about it, they were negative odds. And by the time the game tipped off, they were plus 110 or more. So that's why it's definitely worth it to have the club now. Yeah, part of the packet, part of what you get in the package is uh, the picture, the spreadsheet with all the games and a bunch of graphics included. Is that is the price needed for the money line to be a B grade and the price needed for the money line to be an A grade so you can look at it and know – what numbers we're looking for in order to give us the value to put a little bit more on it because we want to put a little bit more on the things that are more valuable because that value is going to pay off in the long run. It's no different than investing money. If you were to be invested in something with the stock market, you want a bigger part of your portfolio and things that you think are going to provide more long-term value. It doesn't mean that stock won't go down tomorrow. It just means the long-term value and that's what the A grades are. So we know those thresholds have provided the math for you. So a lot of benefits over there. Otherwise, Jake, hang around here for 60 seconds. We will see everyone on the other side, hopefully. 